Hello, and welcome to Cursed Content Club, the only show where Burger Pun... We're watching Good Burger 2. It's, it's Good Burger 2. I'm your host, Chris Wolfhart. With me are Dan and Bob Video Games from Gigaboots.com. I'm a dude. He's a dude. Good. We're all dudes. Hey. Good bur You're ruining the I'm song! Sorry. You're fired! I doesn't aware. And Dr. Agro from Dr. Agro. I really do hope this is the only show where we watch Good Burger 2. <laughs> yeah, we have two of those. That'd be pretty bad. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine a, a different situation where we would watch Good Burger 2. <laughs> that might be the fifth season of the worst idea of all time. <laughs> the Good Burger 2 versus Good Burger 2 spoiler cast. <laughs> I know nothing about this movie. I have not seen any trailers. I don't know anything other than the fact it came out. Same. I stayed completely blind on it because I anticipated us having to watch it. And I wanted a completely blind viewing experience. I have no idea what this is other than they legit got them back together to do it. That's it. Yep, that's it. Like, like we keep saying, in from now until the end of human society due to ecological collapse, it's 2003. Forever. But aside from the, 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 the time loop we're stuck in where you're going to have to see a new Mission Impossible movie starring Tom Cruise every two years until you die. <laughs> even even after he's dead, they somehow won't stop. Does anybody have any expectations for Good Burger 2? It feels so alien, so bizarre, a thing to come 25 years after the original. Uh, I have expectations. They're not really based in reality, though. I would really like him to sing that song I just sang. That, that'd be cool. I want to hear a dude in his 40s sing that. I assume he's in his 40s. I don't actually I think he's know. Older than that. Uh, let's see. What else? I want to see him physically accost a woman. He has no <laughs> knowledge of her doing any, anything evil, but she is actually just like in the first movie when he slams a car door in her face and Chris loses it. I am curious if there it will have like the cartoon energy of the original. Yeah, if it's missing that, that'll be really disappointing. Yeah. Like I hope they're not just old and tired and just like gesturing and saying bad lines man if i wanted that i would watch clerks three and then end it all <laughs> i sure was, I was also say, about like this is <laughs> yeah. clerks three i was gonna say this is a shot for shot remake of clerks two that's what i'm banking on oh my god that would be fucking hilarious i liked clerks two when i saw it in theaters when i was like 18 <laughs> hey clerks two is fine D don't watch clerks three just just don't <laughs> This can't be that bad. That is literally impossible. Right. To, dude, social media would have been blowing up ever since it came out with, can you believe this film did blank? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope it's a front romp that just acts like no time has passed, even though they're clearly like 20 years, years older. older. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if they're going to address that at all. <laughs> I, I feel like it will just, it will almost be clerks esque where it's like, yeah, we worked here for 25 years. We're still here. Yeah, that would be optimal. But I guess we got to go watch the movie now. And if you'd like to watch it with us, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gbpodcast, where for $5 a month, you get access to the commentary track for not just this episode of Cursed Content Club, but everyone we've ever done, including the patron-exclusive version, now obsolete, Cursed C Content by Committee. All those movies you should never watch. <laughs> and also Good Burger one, which we found out was fine. That's true. <laughs>
So I'm 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 hopeful this will have the same critics in the '90s would have hated it energy. Yeah, that's really how you be winning. is a movie that will send you back to 1999 to a time when your parents may or not have still been together based on your own personal history. <laughs> Dan, what did you think of Good Burger 2? Good Burger 2 was pretty funny and inventive and had a lot of really good ideas. But then when it needs to have a plot that needs to uh, challenge the main characters and put them at their lowest point, they have to band together to resolve it. It kind of falls off a bit and stops being as funny and starts reusing the hell out of sets and stops having really good ideas. I, I, don't, I don't know. The movie, the movie was worth watching, I believe, for the first two thirds of it, though. I could have gave it like a one. <laughs> Because for people who've never watched this series before, we do negative five to five. Yes, that is the cursed content scale of negative five to five. Bob. Yeah, I think that a lot of this movie was really funny. Um, surprisingly so. I thought this would be uh, something truly cursed because it's a sequel to something, but it's a streaming movie now. Mm-hmm. And it was 26 years ago. And yeah. It's based on a children's television show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just watched episode one of that Frasier reboot, and I can tell you it's much closer to what I thought this would be. <laughs> right? <laughs> I also <laughs> just watched that and had <laughs> so very feeling, different yeah. expectations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to give this a four. This was genuinely hilarious for a lot of it. You could see all of them in 4K quality. That is a huge feature. <laughs> And yeah, I was I was laughing quite a bit. <laughs> Aggro. There are times in life when you have to judge a piece of media based on where it came from and what it could have been. And I believe this is one of those times where so much of this movie is actually genuinely enjoyable that it it, it feels like finding a solid gold bar at the bottom of a porta potty. Like, what? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give this a four. I'm also going to give this a four. I was, it's always stunning when you were like five or six, like cultural moments past good burger, but for like the first 70%, it is identical to good burger one tonally. And in terms of delivery and in terms of the idea for the jokes they have, and then, then the last 30% is like, we needed a climax for this movie. It's like, we don't have fucking money for that. <laughs> you you run around in this office complex. <laughs> we needed some Scooby Doo music to go. That's all I'm saying. That's all I was missing. Then maybe if Ed could have given a zoinks or something, that would have been golden. <laughs> but but overall, it it hit pretty hard. Even if none of the attempts to make any any new character really worked, <laughs> I, I did think it was very funny that they just they don't even address uh, Dan Schneider's character who is no longer here. Obviously. Yep, and good on them. With that, I guess we have to get to our segments. We will start with best character, Agro. Who is the best character? <sighs> mm. I think I'm actually going to have to give it to uh, new character, babyface manager kid. Okay. 
like he he shows up, he he hits his marks, he does his bits, he kind of stays low profile, and then shows up in the worst part of the movie with the best joke in the worst part of the movie, where he rolls in with the scrubs like, oh, I have this like horribly radioactive material. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. It was. That's genuinely the highlight of the entire last 30. <laughs> yeah. Dan. It's an easy choice to say Ed. So instead, I'm going to say Dexter, honestly. I think his acting really does ground Ed in a way that's incredibly essential. And he's not to be re- rude and mean to everyone else in this. He has the best acting of any person in this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, because he's kind of just playing the same character he's played for his entire career. And <laughs> Ke- and, and Ked- Kel Mitchell is maybe playing a cartoon character. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I, I think Dexter's important. You know, if you're going to have any sanity to this movie, mm-hmm. you got to hang it on somebody whose acting is very straightforward, very believable, and is nailing this character. Fuck Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's pretty awful. I think there's this subdued element to Dexter in this movie where he's he's like kind of correcting Ed, but has given up at the same time (laughs) where it has the energy that he actually has been hanging out with this comedy sidekick for 25 years Mm -hmm. where it's like, no, it's whatever. Just, just who, who cares? We got to talk about something though. I kind of forgot about the whole, like, you know, Agra was talking about like, Oh, we're just importing his character from Kenny and Kel show. It's like, was he always trying to invent stuff there, too? Wait a second. Is that also the Honeymooners directly? Oh, no. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, I it is. I thought about the Honeymooners a lot. It, oh, it was less Christ. inventing things and more like running scams. Running but scams, But it was running yeah. scams in a very similar yep. kind of way. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. It all comes back. The Honeymooners versus the Keenan and Kel podcast coming to a <laughs> network near you soon. <laughs> Oh, great. (laughs) Uh, Bob. I know it's an easy pick, but Ed really makes this movie. He does. Mm -hmm. He's the highlight. He is. Like, this movie is basically about him. And his clown house. His clown house. (laughs) I'm surprised there's not a talking love seat in the fucking house. Hey, you you say clown house. I have seen people who have houses that look exactly like that, but with Coca-Cola memorabilia instead of 50s fast food joint yeah and they don't have 40 inch tall fucking bottles of ketchup like he did <laughs> uh they have 40 inch bottles of coca-cola yeah that's way less cool they have entire retro gas pumps that are branded with coca-cola in their living room <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course they do i'm like that's stupid 10 years from now that's me with cheer wine memorabilia right? <laughs> jesus christ i i guess I'll go, well, I'm I'm the only fucking person left, so I guess I have to. Uh, I'm going to go with Ed 2, Ed's oldest son. (laughs) I forgot that was Just because I thought it was very impressive that Alex R. Hibbert is able to do Ed. Hit all the exact same tones and everything. It It was bizarre. Yeah. That was really bizarre. Yeah, for a little while, I was worried they had... 
like computer graphics just end. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't have the money for that shit. Right. (laughs) It's a streaming movie. Jesus Christ, could you imagine how horrible they do his fucking Rise of Skywalker CG face? I I just think of uh, Rogue One CG America One, where they have to like make make him tiny before he becomes Captain America. (laughs) See, see, I see, like, there's a much worse version of this movie where. Ed's like, okay, I was in the first five minutes of the movie. I've been kidnapped by the villain. Now Ed 2 is Ed for the rest of the movie. <sighs> oh, that'd yeah. be so bad. Yeah. I think that's what happened when Power Rangers brought back Bulk and Skull. Skull's actors like, I'm not, I'm, I'm an adult. I have things <laughs> going on. So they, but Bolt came back. So there's like, this is Skull's son. He's Skull now. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was not this actor's reaction. Like he came back to, to a 20 year old children's sketch comedy show character and he fucking swung. <laughs> he did. But now we have to go to worst character. Dan, who's the worst character? I feel a little weird about this because normally. Or oftentimes here on Curse Content Club, I can say this is the worst part of the film, and it's largely this character's fault. But I actually feel that's incredibly difficult this time. Mm-hmm. I don't think either of the main villains are bad. I think they nailed their performances perfectly fine. And yet, their part of the movie is what sucks. <laughs> so I'm just going to have to start swinging at people I like right now. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I'm coming up. Mm-hmm. Mark Cuban was in the movie. Fuck Mark Cuban. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, fuck him. Yep, there you go. I won. <laughs> I will now take my award for winning at Kurt's content. Agro, who sucks the most? I mean, sort of along the same lines as Dan, I'm going to have to pick the the lawyer. because Cecil. Yeah. Like, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. Yep. Just kind of there. Yeah. In a, in a movie of cartoon characters, he was, like, he was not coming in at a high enough level. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree. Oh, shit, I have to go next. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to cheat slightly and say the twins because they, they function as one character. They just, they don't have anything. Mm. I, I don't know. I like the, the way they played off... Um, Making Ed just super confused. Other than that, yeah, they were a vehicle for that joke. But beyond that, like it, they felt even more transient than most of the characters from the first movie. Like guy who can only go, uh, like he had some good bits in the first movie where he picks up the burger with the spatula and it bends and he he screams in a really stressed way. <laughs> yeah, that's really great. Yeah, I don't know. I I also like the twins. I don't. I, I feel like they they're likable, but as characters, they did feel kind of tacked on. Yeah, like, and the problem is there's not any standout characters you hate in this movie. Right. It's a pretty smooth ride. Although I will bring up a uh, a second character that I dislike if Agro doesn't say them. Or, I mean, if Bob doesn't say them because it's Bob's turn next. Uh, I'm going to choose Robot Ed. Really? Yeah. I, just something about it. It really just... It's off-putting, <laughs> and not in the like really funny way. And then the climax of the movie was them all going crazy. Some of that was funny, but a lot of it was just not. You didn't like the part where he was like, "Your move, creep," and then he shot the dick off of that one customer. That was that would have been incredible. I, I would have been, been like all fives, right? 
<laughs> I enjoyed the parallel between um that scene and the goofy shit Ed does when taking orders himself. Yes. Mm -hmm. See, Ed made the robots now in his image. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is honestly what I thought happened at first, that Ed achieved nothing. It's like, they based these on Ed. What did you think would happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been a much better conclusion. Right? <laughs> but now we have to move on to scenes. I guess I'll start with best scene. It is the best scene to me because it is the moment is the moment I knew that they were really trying and this wasn't phoned in and they weren't going to try and and contain its power. And that is when near the beginning when Lori Beth Denberg shows up as Connie Damn Muldoon. Damn it. To run the to run the fucking ancient 30-year-old all that skit without any changes to it whatsoever. Flawless. It's like, wasn't God. the bit that you were a child playing a middle-aged woman whose insanely specific order shows how deranged and sad she is as a person and how you're just old enough to fit that role perfectly? What the hell's going on? That was when I knew that they had, they had put their whole chest into this movie. For the first seventy percent, and then like, and then they looked at the budget sheet and went, "Uh oh, wrap it." How <laughs> have them move from room to room? Bob, the scene where we meet all of Ed's family. God, really? Yeah, the the insanity that is. Yeah, he has this many kids, and his house is a burger joint. Yeah. All of that comes at you at once in one scene that just seems insane. And it won't end. Right. And then, and then like, the Carmel Electra's here, too. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> and here are our pets. <laughs> They're named, what was it, Don't Bite and Attack? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was really good. Christ. Dan. Bob took my number one. <laughs> <laughs> so my number two and it really is just because of how you feel like you're sliding into what the film is because you don't know yet mm -hmm. and to be fair like what it became isn't what it is at the end either so it's only most of what the film is but the moment you slide into the film being like Dexter lights his house on fire in front of investors <laughs> and yeah. we just moment after moment of and then he was homeless. <laughs> they re they repossessed his. Just the 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 presentation at his house of him lighting his house on fire is the most insane setup you could possibly have. To yeah, he was off doing scams or startups, unclear. But now he burned his house down, and apparently that instantly led to him getting repossessed. Yes. Yeah i I don't exactly understand how you. Make the mistake of thinking your anti-fire formula right. is not actually anti-fire. I, I feel like there's some testing phases before the presentation, but... Turns out the thing they tested on was just a little bit more difficult to burn than they were expecting, so they didn't try hard enough. Look, in business, you've got to bet big, all right? And going through all that rigmarole of chemistry and testing, that, that just shows you lack confidence in your product. <laughs> Which is water. <laughs> water puts out fire. It was a solid plan. It was, you know. We can't blame him. <laughs> he did all the testing. I have an uncle, who, a great uncle, who won't shut the fuck up about how he got on their roof with a garden hose. 
during a forest fire and kept their house from catching by soaking the roof. Jesus. A thing that I am pretty sure he is making up. Yeah, I would <laughs> think, but now I'm not sure. Hmm. The, the house did have cedar shingles, so maybe. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, that would stop embers. Aggro. Well, of the non uh, Connie Muldoon containing scenes we have left to us. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm honestly going to have to pick the villain reveal where you've got the lawyer on one side, the robot dog on the other, and the egg-shaped chair spins around to reveal someone no one knows, so she has to explain (laughs) she's the sister of the villain from the last movie in straight-up black and yellow anarcho-capitalist garb. I I genuinely was for one, for a brief moment, was like, are you the villain? And they transitioned. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. For like one second, that's like they kind of look similar, and Mega Bur- Megacorp has the same energy as Mondo. Is that what they're going? But they went they went the much more sane route, I guess. Now they already did that for Rocco, and people would have gotten upset if they repeated the Rocco arc again. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't do it with a villain in Rocco. It would have that's been true. Different. Yeah, look, look, they're just like we don't want to grip political. <laughs> In good burger, we just made the villain an anarcho-capitalist who wears the anarcho-capitalist colors. <laughs> now we have to go to worst scene. I don't. I don't feel like this one's going to be very hard, Pop. The scene where somehow Keenan's niece gets her shoe tied onto the, the the fry maker in a bizarre move that makes no sense, and gets on the conveyor belt and is locked in, and Keenan has to come in and save her. It, that whole scene is just confusing and bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually what I was going to pick, so now I'm fucked. <laughs> you can always delay. Uh, no, I'm not going to delay. He said delayingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to say the entire scene in the ending. Oh, wow, it's in the ending. Who, who, who'd have thought? <laughs> right. Um, the entire scene in the ending revolving around... Uh, Molly Kearney, the female security guard, was pretty bad. I think that character in general is not very good. And whenever they go to the Megacorp, she's like the focus. She's like the main one. Yeah, it was not it great. Was just, it, was just, it was just not funny because it was just the standard, we have to keep up an act to, to fool the person watching. And they're very persistent in watching us for reasons that don't appear to be suspicion, just stupidity. Yep. Aggro. When Mr. Jensen and Ruth uh, strip to rainbow-colored outfits and do a a dance that is unexpected for an old person, I know it sounds weird to say about fucking Good Burger 2, but (laughs) (laughs) like that's, that's tired and done material that is not as good as most of the rest of the stuff in this movie yeah it's not even close yeah it, yeah it's it's like oh look she they threw her up she wasn't even a rag doll it was a stunt actor right if it was a rag doll i don't think it was a stunt good. actor i think the scenes where she's up in the air is just cg yeah i'm trying to think i don't think they did anything with the old man in the first movie like that i think they mostly stuck to him being old and seized up him him being old and abe vigoda so yeah it's it's hard to it's hard to beat that they should have gotten bet midler not bet midler who am i thinking of 
Golden Girls. Betty White. They should have gotten Betty White to be that character. Oh wait, she's dead. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it finally happened. It, ha- it happened so during weird. the it happened during the COVID thing, so I struck it from my memory. It happened during the four years that COVID lasted. You know, that's how it felt. Yeah. Dan. Uh, okay, so right after the falling out, they lose Good Burger. Oh, my God. Uh, we get them walking alongside our two main characters, a park, and then they do a dream sequence of what else Ed could go do with this life. Mm-hmm. And that was when I realized the rest of the movie was going to suck because that was the <laughs> least funny sequence up to that point. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It's like, oh, no. You're not funny, and you're starting the part where the movie's going to get serious and have an arc about Dexter being, like, emotionally connecting to his niece because um, that was the thing that we set up, that there's a disconnect because he went away and he's a shyster and all this other stuff, and it's like... This is this is so unfortunate. It felt like hearing the transmission on a car break mid-travel. <laughs> oh, and uh, just to clarify for people who have not seen the film, it ends with an ad for DoorDash. Yeah, mm, yeah. There's, a, there's a couple. There's a couple. There's more than a couple product placement scenes in this. Yeah, that one was really in your goddamn face. Yeah, because the other one's like, oh, they're eating Doritos, and it's really prominently featured. That's great. Thanks, asshole. And the security guard earlier was uh, eating popcorners. Yeah, and it was like, okay, thanks, asshole. But the DoorDash thing was genuinely like, fuck off. You just made me watch an ad. Yeah, that that really yeah. felt like it could have been some sort of joke. But, but instead, instead, it's them standing around mm-hmm. while a movie narrator tries to make a joke out of them filming them standing around, and then it's a DoorDash ad. Yeah. It was terrible. I genuinely think that might be the worst fit scene in the movie, and it definitely earns it from the charismatic or the karma level of it is the beginning of the end of the good part of the movie. Like, that is it right there. This is it, and this is... I'm, I'm going to throw in a runner-up here, because we're done. The scene where all of them meet in Ed's house, and he told them he got their jobs back, but he didn't, it felt like a scene in Suburban Nights, the Channel Awesome movie. Okay, one, a scene in Suburban Nights would be funnier, because there are so many people you're putting in front of a camera who can't act, and that is always funnier than a really bad scene with moderately good actors going through the motions because the movie dictated they needed to do that now. I was going to nominate this scene, that scene. Here's why I didn't. Ed's epic speech. Yeah, Ed's epic speech. <laughs> That's in- true. That does, that does pull it back a lot. And yeah. at the very end, when the old lady shows up and, and they have to restart <laughs> the bit, basically. Yeah, that, that was a pretty good conclusion to that scene i started to feel like maybe the movie was fine because of that joke and the epic speech i felt like maybe it wasn't as bad as i had instantly picked out (laughs) at the park scene well that's that's all our segments anybody have anything else to say about good burger 2 i one thing i wish that i got on best scene Mm-hmm. was the the scene where the dude was frozen in the the freezer for oh, yeah. 20 years yeah. yeah it was good it was a good scene where jo- josh josh server his character <laughs> just... the, the, the... yeah he's like i better tell my parents and then leaves and he just walks out of the fucking movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know he had, he had other shit to do <laughs> something i wish i got in a worst scene was the musical number with all of the guests that they couldn't be arsed to actually get in and i'm oh, like danny God. temporarily deserves more than this 
Yeah, that that did just feel about that. That felt like something you do like in 2020 or 2021. Like felt extremely, extremely COVID. It was extremely COVID era vibes, but it's like you just did it this way because it saves you money. And this joke is supposed to be about how you aren't doing that joke. Mm -hmm. You couldn't afford Danny Tamborelli. No, what's the deal with that? Andy Samberg is also way too much. (laughs) No, no. Bob, do you want Andy to join us on this podcast? I think I can. <laughs> I, I assume Danny Tamborelli is just like I I don't I don't do this anymore. I thought that dude did stuff for uh, one of the shows he was on. I don't think I don't think he's like been in anything in like over I don't know a about I don't know about acting, but I think he toured for what was it Pete and Pete or something. He did a podcast yeah. with the uh, with old Pete, like he they did the yeah. I forget what it was called though. But yeah, I think like Hollywood stuff he he dropped out of. Although I think he has something in production now. I don't know. Mm. Oh, he has a fucking A24 movie that he's in. See? <laughs> you can't afford a Here. guy who's a character in an A24 movie? I doubt it. <laughs> I think you could have afforded that Paramount Plus. Too, too busy spending money on Frasier. <laughs> <sighs> can't recommend doing that, frankly. <laughs> Well, I'm sure after this, Dan's going to go watch the next nine episodes of that show. I am. You happy? <laughs> oh, you, my. You, you happy you brought it up? <laughs> no. No, I'm not. Especially because you're going you're gonna to re- recount at least some of it to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real reason to be sad about this, because you know, you know. We're going to be streaming a game on some given Friday. That it, we're going to hit a down moment. I'm going to be like... In this episode of the new Fraser series, you're gonna watch the life leave Bob's eyes. Is isn't the conceit in that? Yeah, we Niles didn't want to come back, so we have a character that's Niles' son. Yep. Well, actually, Oof. no, it's not Niles' son. It's um, is it not? Wait, it's Fraser's son. Well, right? there's also the other character, which I think is Niles' son. Oh God, yeah, I forgot all about him because he's not even important in episode one. Not at he all. Barely matters in the first episode. But yeah, no, it's true. Uh, he went back to Boston because that's where Cheers was. And now they have none of the characters from the Frasier series or Cheers. Cool. Uh, Remind me again cool. why we did Good Burger 2 for Curse content and not the first three episodes of the new Frasier oh series. God. Because I've never even seen the original new Fra- the original Frasier series. That is not necessary to feel pain. 